0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So there is a lot going on right now. There is just, just a lot going on right now. First of all, obviously, we've had the coaches meet with the media. So we've got quite a few sound bites, some good, some... I don't know if I want to call it troubling because it's just the direction the team is going versus my hopes and dreams. So obviously, we have to talk about that. And I have not done the full i don't want to say breakdown because that's a little obnoxious but i do want to kind of do a full-blown segment on it kind of got it all planned out but it's it's not it's not done yet but i do want to at least touch on a lot of the bigger points that were made as well as get to you know a lot of the other kind of big news that's been dropping drop that beat so anyways yeah lots of news and whatnot there was uh coaching news yesterday i i did i I didn't mention it because it's, you know, it's whatever. There's nothing really that I can go in depth on, but it's news, so I'll I'll just read it and we'll be done with it. There were some coaching promotions. Jerry Gray did get a promotion, so that's that's nice. Defensive backslash pass game coordinator. Adam Stenovich has been promoted to offensive line slash run game coordinator. Raina Stewart is now the assistant special teams coach, and Connor Lewis is special teams assistant slash game management specialist. So there you go. There were uh, some new coaching hires, John Dunn, senior analyst, Justin Hood, defensive quality control coach, Ryan Mahaffey, offensive quality control coach, and Tim Zetz, offensive quality control coach. Could try to get into the new hires, but these are pretty low-level jobs. They're kind of like entry-level jobs. If you're looking to kind of move up the ranks, this is where you start. So, I mean, it's not like they're former head coaches or anything. I don't really have my notes in any kind of particular order, so we're going to jump around a little bit as I come across the news and notes, but I do have several newsy things, especially around the NFL, and the first one I want to touch on is Kenny Galladay. And and listen, I think the theme of today is that everything is weird. I've been so off on everything I've said, and I don't think that's going to stop. J.J. Watt to the Cardinals was not on my radar, or anybody else's for that matter, and it happened. In fact, there was a note here by the Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwell, to Sirius XMNFL, whatever, on what to expect in the coming days and weeks. Quote, I think there's going to be a seismic shift in talent across the NFL. There are going to be a bunch of surprises for people in a few weeks when everybody has to get under the cap. Um, that's just scratching the surface of what I'm talking about in terms of being shocked. He's talking directly about guys got to get under the, teams got to get under the cap, so they're going to be cutting people that you don't expect. Um, that's That's part of it. For the Packers, it's not about cutting people, I don't expect. It's about keeping people, (laughs) I don't expect. But I want to start with Mr. Kenny Galladay, because another thing that I've said is there's no way they're going to let the guy go, right? I mean, Kenny Galladay is, I think, literally the best player on that entire team. Not even that he's like an elite wide receiver, although you could probably put him in that camp. It's just, who's better than Kenny Galladay? Certainly not any other wide receivers, not the quarterback anymore. It's not Goff. It's not a running back. It's not an offensive lineman. It's not TJ Hawkinson. It's certainly not anybody along the defensive line. It's clearly not a linebacker. It's definitely not a corner. And I don't believe it's a safety. So that leaves Kenny Galladay as the winner, unless you want to say they have a really good punter. And I believe they do, but I'm not going to say that. In fact, it's, it's really the only like top tier player that I can think of on that team. I mean, there's good players. I'm not saying they don't have a single good player, but who's like the real, this guy is special player? And so the first note I saw on Kenny Galladay today came from around the NFL, Lions GM Brad Holmes on pending free agent Kenny Galladay. And listen, a lot of this and what I want to do hopefully tomorrow when I look at everything that was said from our head coach, our GM, our defensive coordinator, et cetera, et cetera, it's kind of what did they say compared to what you would expect them to say. So there's really only a handful of options in terms of because they know what they're planning on doing. I'm not going to say they know what they're doing because... Sometimes things don't work out the way that you want. You have plans and contingency plans. But with Kenny Galladay, in my mind, right, again, in my mind, they're keeping him, 100%. And so the question is, what do you expect the Lions to say when asked about this guy that clearly is going to stay? I mean, what, what do you say? Here's probably what I wouldn't say. Quote, There's also been no debate that Kenny's been at the forefront of our mind in terms of making sure that we make the best possible decision, not only for the Lions, but for Kenny. That is like the biggest, I I was watching a video (laughs) yesterday. I don't know why. There's always random stuff that pops up on YouTube, but it was like ghost stories with Tom McDonald or something. And he kept like telling the story. And I swear, I got 90% of the way through. And he had said probably 15 different times, and then the next thing that happened was the scariest thing I've ever heard in my entire... And nothing ever happened. It was always, like, leading you to that next thing. I was like, oh, what happened? Well, so then we go through. It's like, dude, just what? And then you wouldn't believe it. And then it wasn't anything. It's just like I'm still waiting. And I never figured out, like, nothing crazy really has happened aside from, you know, a couple things that are a little quirky or whatever. But it's like... There is absolutely no debate. He has been at the forefront of our minds in terms of making absolutely sure the absolute best possible decision is made for the Lions and Kenny. Like, it, it just keeps sounding like he's going to say something and then he says something else. For example, there's also been no debate that Kenny has been at the forefront of our minds in terms of making sure that we bring him back. Nope. Make the best possible decision for not only the Lions, but for Kenny. Wait, what are you talking about? Wouldn't that be keeping Kenny Galladay? Isn't that what we're talking about? Why didn't you just say that? In what universe is that your number one priority and you don't just flat out say that's our number one priority? And there's only two things that come to mind. Number one, it's not at the forefront of their mind keeping Kenny Galladay. And number two, they're in a very, very tough negotiation right now. If if the plan is we're going to pay him what he wants, you you just, you know... You're not going to say this sentence. And again, I don't know what's going on. I'm just doing my best to interpret based on what makes the most sense. If you were planning on getting rid of Kenny Galladay, you would say something. And this is what my first I, I fear for, fearful for the Lions, certainly not for the Packers, if they got rid of him. But it sounds like something you'd say if you're kind of planning on moving on. We want to do the, what's best for the Lions and for Kenny. Like, wait a minute. You're, what are you talking about? The only other option is Kenny Galladay, for example. Let's just throw out a scenario. Kenny's saying, Look, I'm the best thing here. I'm clearly a number one. I'm clearly a top tier wide receiver, and I want you to pay me as such because I got you by the throat. What are you going to do if I leave? DeAndre Hopkins got a contract for $27 million a year. Julio Jones got a contract for $22. Keenan's $20. Amari's $20. And these are a few years old. I want $22 million. I'm not going to ask for 27, but I want Julio money. I want $22 million. And the Lions are saying, clearly, we're not going to pay that. And so when their their strategy, let's say, would be to go to the podium and act as though we don't care. Right. That's why I always have to like, I feel like I got to play games when I go do stuff. Like we're unfortunately in the process of looking for a car right now. It was not a planned purchase, but it's just one of those things. And so my thing always when I'm going to buy something like that, especially when you're going to get hounded by salesmen, is to act like, I don't want any of these pieces of garbage in your lot. I want none of them. The last thing I want is to look eager because then they think they got you. I want them to sell this thing to me. If I just got to have it, then they got you. So it may be a similar strategy being employed by the Lions where their whole entire demeanor and attitude is, Meh, I don't care. Similarly, there was another press conference done by the head coach and, and he got... Uh, kind of ding for saying something about Alpha or whatever, but the, the takeaway that that I got from him was he had said something to the effect of that he wouldn't mind being on a tag. Now, as somebody pointed out about this, he's an ex-player. He knows nobody wants to get tagged, especially a young player with a lot of promise and all this kind of stuff. He wants that big long-term contract. But again, it, it really is starting to feel like a negotiation tactic. Like, eh, I don't care. Tag's not a big deal. We'll tag if we want to tag. It just sounds like the whole thing is they're communicating to Kenny and Kenny's agent and saying, listen, we're not playing your stupid games. We're not paying you what you want. We can happily let you walk and we don't care, or we'll just tag you if we decide we want to keep you, but we're not going to negotiate your nonsense. It's, 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 it's one of two things. It's either they're really considering letting him go or, I mean, it could be both, I guess. And, or... They're simply sending a message that you're not going to intimidate us and you don't have the upper hand. And you can see why it would be more necessary because obviously there's a bunch of different ways you can handle these things. But you can see why the Lions would feel very uh, obliged, obligated, whatever, to use this strategy because Kenny really does have a massive amount of leverage. And they're trying to sort of chip away at that leverage. And I think Kenny's trying to throw around his weight. Again, I don't know. I'm just trying to read between the lines. It would make a lot of sense that Kenny, because he is the best player on that entire team, and that team goes to zero without him. So yeah, the guy's got a lot of leverage. And he's probably playing it. And again, the, the best way to combat that is to simply go in front of cameras and say, eh, you know, we'll do what's best for us and best for Kenny. And you know, certainly a tag is a great option. We love tagging everybody and we'll just tag, tag, tag and, you know, tag all day. It doesn't really matter to us. We'll tag, uh, we'll tag the frog. I don't care. I tag my, uh, tag my kids all the time. I think tagging is the greatest thing a person can do. I got deer tags, bear tags. When you go to the store and they uh, cut prices, what do they do? They put tags on them, man. Little tags that let you know that that, that this is cheaper. Not a big fan of the tags on shirts, but, you know. Excuse me, for the, if I were to translate in Wisconsin, the word I'm saying is tag. Tags. Sorry, you guys are, if you guys are confused by what I'm saying, I'm learning the language since I moved here. Johnny Manziel is pursuing a golfing career? He says it's a very uphill battle. Yeah. You mean it's hard to become a professional golfer? Yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Figured I'd try the NBA out. Uh, I I don't know. I can't get in. It's weird. Been practicing for like three years, man. Like nearly every day. It's crazy. Like I, I played basketball with my friends since I was a kid. And I keep asking them. I keep calling the NBA hotline and I'm like, hey, I'm a professional athlete and I've been practicing. Can I come play for the Bulls? Be Michael Jordan? <laughs> I don't know. I just, it was on Twitter. I don't know, man. Anyways, moving on from that, we had talked about, uh, via the question from JJ, the prospect of David Johnson being an option. The Texans have agreed to a new contract with David Johnson. So we'll take scratch that one off the list. Um, by the way, I, I do think it's going to start getting fast and furious. Um, as I said, with with the deadline of the 17th coming up, but not only that, the, the tampering period... I believe, starts the 15th, which is a time when you can start calling and saying, hey, I want to work out a deal. So teams kind of have to have their stuff figured out by then. And I read you that list of guys that are free agents. It's, I mean, I, I didn't read you the whole list, but I'm, it's, it's massive, absolutely massive. Those guys either got to get signed or not signed. Then there's another massive list of guys that are worth way more or that, that cost way more than they're worth that need to either get cut or not. If you're going to cut somebody to try to make room for a free agent, you better get going. You got 12 days, less than two weeks to get all this stuff sorted out. So we're just starting to see little bits. So David Johnson got signed to a one-year $6 million deal. Also, one of the good things is this kind of starts setting the market a bit. It's worth noting that over the cap had him at $5.1 million. He just signed for six. However, over the cap, this little valuation thing is always very low. And again, I never know exactly where to put him. They've got the blue line based on his performance from the most recent year, this green line is his performance on a year-to-year basis. The blue line, strangely, was right at six million. The green line is set at four point two five, so they kind of settled at about five point one million. So they weren't far off. But do bear in mind that it was a million dollars higher than expected. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, another relatively big move, but kind of obvious, I guess, is uh, the release of Kyle Rudolph. That actually took about a year longer than I expected. Um, but Kyle Rudolph was released by the Minnesota Vikings. That's going to free up. Uh, about $5 million in their cap space and is currently a free agent. For those of you wondering, I do not want Kyle Rudolph. I've, I've never really been the biggest Kyle Rudolph fan. Um, I think he was similar to a lot of the linebackers in Minnesota where he got credit every year for being one of the top linebackers. And I thought he was just good, not great. Eventually, the narrative kind of met his level of play where he's, you know, people stopped calling him great and they just kind of said he was good. And it's like, yeah, that's probably more correct. But he has continued to decline. He's still fine, but there's just really no benefit in my mind to bringing Kyle here at 31 years old. He's going to cost too much money, and he doesn't really bring a ton. Anyways, um, I wasn't planning on taking a break here, but I see it's already uh, well past the halfway mark in terms of real minutes on my end. So we're going to have to take a break here. I want to do something I don't think I've ever done before and give a shout out to uh, some fine folks that have left uh, reviews for me fortunately, have bumped me back up to the 4.9 number. I was very upset. My wife was like, oh, did you know you had 398 reviews and 4.8 average? It's like, 4.8? The heck are you talking about? I've been bragging about a 4.9 since forever. But we are over 400 reviews. In fact, I looked at it a minute ago. It was 400. Now it's 401. um, And we're back to 4.9 average, which is extremely high, by the way. I'm sure that's going to prompt some angry people who do nothing but be miserable with their lives to drop me a one-star review because that's what angry people do. They're just miserable all the time, but that's fine. It it's really doesn't hurt that much. But thank you very much to Like LikeDat12, Snowboarder, and of course, J-Boy Meets World. I don't know who the other guys are, but I definitely know J-Boy. He's been around for a long time. But thank you guys very much for those reviews. Again, I, I don't know how much this helps. I don't know what to do with iTunes, but I think it might, and I'm trying to get, you know, trying to figure stuff out, man. I don't know, but I, I do greatly appreciate it. Um, the amount of support I get in general is, uh, is awesome. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So again, I I, I want to do a little bit more of this. and want to scratch the surface. And as a result, I'm kind of leaning on the folks on Twitter who spent the time to kind of give us some snippets. So shout out to guys like, for example, Zach Halperin, uh, JJ, Andy Herman, especially pretty much put just, you know, question after question, answer after answer in here. So um, Obviously, it wasn't. if it wasn't for their efforts, I wouldn't have a lot of comments today. Uh, the, the first thing that he mentioned was that the salary cap is obviously very tight. Talking about Matt LaFleur asked about salary cap issues. He mentioned that they're going to have to develop a lot of young guys because there's going to be voids at some spot. Um, I mean, it's kind of, a, in a sense, a no-brainer. I mean, we know they can't do a lot of things. When we look at the the free agent list, generally we're looking at maybe one guy, possibly two guys in free agency. Uh, maybe a running back, this, that, or the other. But immediately in my mind, I think to offensive line, especially those three sixth-round picks, right? We, We know the offensive line is thin. We know we can't get that many guys in free agency, especially when you think about not just the starters, but the depth. But then even in the draft, you can't guarantee everything. The other thing that comes immediately to mind is cornerback. Now, I don't know that Kevin King is leaving, but that does immediately come to mind when you think about the fact that you got some guys waiting in the wings that have not had a lot of experience um, that may just have to step up depending on what they're able to do. And, and again, the Packers don't even know what they're going to do. They have plans, they have targets, but they got to see what happens. In terms of the hiring of Joe Barry, apparently they interviewed nine guys, and it it uh, it's not a quote, but it says it came back to, first and foremost, high character, great communicator, very knowledgeable, which is the same thing they basically said about Matt LaFleur that made me so angry. <laughs> you know, it's like... Tell me he's like this mastermind that's gonna da da whatever, and it's like no, he's just he's a great dude. Like he's you know he's smart, but like he's just he's he's a good guy to hang around with. And uh, I don't want to work with somebody that's an obnoxious jerk. And uh, he's not an obnoxious jerk. And I look forward to working with him. It's like don't tell me that lie to me, please. However, um, shortly after that, when asked about Barry's defense, he says it's pretty multiple scheme. It was one of the more difficult schemes to scheme against. All great coaches need to be able to adapt to their personnel and put guys. In their right positions, I think it's multiple enough for us to do that. So there's a nice little nod in terms of the scheme, which is really all we're looking for. Um, one of the big things to come out, which I don't think was ever that big of a of a question, but Joe Barry did specify it will be a three fourteen. Now to be clear, that's what we were last year. It's a base three four team, but as he went on to say, you're only in base like fifteen percent of the time. So you know the, we're kind of stuck on the old three four four three thing. When in reality, most defenses are running kind of a similar hybrid thing because you've got your nickel corner out most of the time, and you got four linemen. You know, kind of hand in the dirt a lot. Even three four teams, which is why you've got this sort of hybrid nature to it. In other words, you're running nickel and dime constantly. Um, again, I, I didn't necessarily hear it, but if this is the end of it, the the comment made about Devin Funches is we'll find out. Now, to be fair, it was asked of Nathaniel Hackett, and Hackett isn't the guy that makes personnel decisions. So ask, you know, they, they were asked about a bunch of different guys, but compare that to what he said about Mercedes Lewis when he says there's not a lot of guys that can do what Mercedes can do on the field. When asked about Devin Funches, he said, I don't know, we'll see. Granted, Devin Funches hasn't played a single snap, but it just, I don't know, we'll see. There's a a note from Andy Herman here that he says is important to keep in mind when you go into the draft, which I think is true. He, at one point, had mentioned there's, quote, you can never have enough guys that are potential nickels. Now, potential nickel could be a couple different things. Generally, you're thinking about just a a slot cornerback. But he did say potential nickels. For example, Jair is technically a potential nickel. When we drafted him, some people thought he was just a slot guy. And my my whole comment after we drafted him is he could be one of those guys because it was assumed he was just going to play in the slot. But I said, if he's, if he's that good, he could be one of those inside-outside guys. You know, sometimes he plays in the slot, but if there's just two guys out there, there is no slot, he just plays in the boundary. Well, now he's so good, he never goes in the slot. He's just too good to be put inside. Unless that's maybe the number one guy, I don't know. But you've got, you know, other guys that could possibly be inside-outside guys. You've also got safeties. Something to consider when you look at safeties that have some slot experience. There's always a lot of different kinds of safeties. you got guys that kind of stay deep you got guys that are kind of uh, that roam in the box. You know, they play a lot of strong safety. They play some linebacker. And you got other guys that are kind of nickel slash free safety types. I think uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was kind of that kind of guy. I mean, generally, they're going to play all those different positions. But, you know, you have sort of a specialty. There's a flavor of safety. You know, uh, Andre Cisco, He kind of plays pretty similar in terms of the amount of time spent in the box and in the slot. But he, the second most... The second highest snap counts for him are actually in the slot. Javon Holland, I think, is perfect. And I've mentioned him to the Packers a couple times. He's a safety, but he actually plays uh, more in the slot. At least in 2019, he played more in the slot than anywhere. In 2018, it was pretty close between free safety and playing in the slot. So just a couple examples of guys that fit fit that role as well. Also, also interestingly enough, Joe Barry did go out of his way to mention that Brandon Staley, who was quote-unquote Vic Fangio guy, Joe Barry mentioned that that's not really a Vic Fangio defense. Now, I'm sure it is to a large degree, and he's just kind of paying homage to Brandon Staley by saying that you know he's not just running some knockoff Vic Fangio defense, but he did go out of his way to say, listen, this is not a Vic Fangio defense, it's a Brandon Staley defense that I was learning under. And again, I I think that's probably mostly what that's about, right? It would be like trying to say that, you know, Matt LaFleur, you learned under... uh, McVeigh, who runs a Shanahan system. So you've got a lot of experience in the Shanahan system. Obviously, that would be a ridiculous statement to make, considering he spent so much time under Shanahan. But let's just say, for example, it would make sense for LaFleur to say, no, that was a McVeigh system. It's not a knockoff Shanahan system, right? Because that is kind of disrespectful. Like, you don't know what you're doing. You're just running somebody else's system. No, dude, that's my system. Um, He did mention a couple other things, but it, it sounds similar to coach speak. I mean, there are going to be core principles and philosophies. For example, he says... Joe Berry mentioned it's not about 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, or Tampa 2. It's about getting off blocks, tackling, and taking the ball away. Well, and I there, there's been a lot of talk about that kind of stuff, and it's like, it doesn't really mean anything to me. Find me the defense where they're like, I don't really care about getting off blocks, tackling, or taking the ball away. It doesn't exist. So, I, I don't know. I just I don't really like that kind of stuff. Uh, Gutekunst did mention that he doesn't really need to change anything, which is good. You know, I would mentioned it, and maybe there are some tweaks, and maybe this is still a thing. I had mentioned that it seems very important that they get a a better linebacker because there's a difference between Mike Pettin's philosophy on linebackers and Joe Berry's philosophy. But according to Gutekunst, and this may be part of the reason why he was such a good hire, is then we don't need to revamp the defense. But it is still possible. I mean, he left a little bit of room there. He says that there's no real change that needs to take place. Well, there might be a little bit. Um, Gutekunst also did mention, as I've said, they do have the ability to acquire a high-end free agent if the right opportunity presents itself. So again, people are still stuck on the wall. They were never going to pay J.J. Watt. They don't have money. You guys don't understand how the salary cap works. They can make it work if they want to make it work. I'm not saying they're going to get a high price free agent, but the idea that it's physically impossible, it's absolutely they're incapable of doing it because the salary cap is such a way, that's not true. They can free up enough money to get a big high dollar free agent if, as he said, the opportunity presents itself. Again, that doesn't mean they will. It doesn't even mean they have a target. Maybe J.J. Watt was the target. Maybe he's not. Maybe Fuller is the target. Maybe he's not. I'm sure there are some, some high-dollar guys they're at least going to call on. But again, they do have that ability. So you're allowed to still get excited about, about free agency. Maybe they get two or three low price guys. Maybe they get a, a moderately high-priced guy and a low price guy. Maybe they get one really big swing at this big high-dollar monster. Maybe they're going to get that freakish corner, that top-tier wide receiver. That real good defensive tackle. I mean, it's it's still a possibility. Now, the complication comes in with the fact that the Packers seem to be doing everything the opposite of what I expected. <laughs> and I'll happily own the fact that all my predictions are seemingly wrong, at least as far as my ability to read tea leaves, which, you know, that that's also not going great right now. The deception out there, along with uh, media members and non-media members throwing out nonsense is just throwing me into a tailspin here but for example they seemingly still have not let go of Aaron Jones now I, again the the general answer to every question was we're not letting go of them that may just be the, the general coach speak in other words you know the, the packers are always kind of a positive franchise always have been whether it's Ted or Gutekunst or McCarthy or LaFleur they always love their guys they support their guys they they got their guys back that's always kind of been their their way of 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 being and of talking and i think that's a good thing Certainly better than the lion saying, "I'll slap a tag on anybody I want because I'm the alpha or whatever you know the the thing is." So it's possible. It's just you know it's it's a lot of, of flattery and 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 rightly so. You know they they know these guys are good football players. They're deserving of respect, and we at least want to make them feel wanted here, even though we don't really have a whole lot of uh, expectation of keeping them around. But uh, they they talked about Corey Lindsley and as far as keeping the door open, for example. Now the question is, how in the world do we reconcile this? Because again, I, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves and whatnot. They haven't picked up the phone. And even Corey Lindsley is saying, I think I'm gone. However, the Packers are saying, no, sir. I mean, as good as he is, as much money as he wants, he's worth every penny of that. And we're certainly not going to just walk away from that. Then why didn't you call him on the on the phone? Well, why why, why why, don't you just pick up the phone and say, hey, what are you doing? You want to come over, have tacos, we'll split the bill. I'll pay half. I, uh, You know, I don't, it's just, it's weird. Then you get the reports that they may tag Aaron Jones. Now, are they saying they're going to, or are they just saying it's an option? Again, it sounds like they're almost, they're basically saying yes to everything. What about Corey Lindsley? Yes, we love him. He's great. How about Aaron Jones? Would you consider tagging him? Yes, we would consider everything. Anything and everything to keep the guy. Have you talked with Aaron Jones about restructuring? Yeah, we talked to a lot of guys about restructure. How about Preston? We love Preston. We're going to keep Preston. Well, that's not exactly what they said. We love Preston. We, we hope that he's able to stay. At least I'm hoping that because, again, it's like, what, what is happening right now? On one hand, it's like, oh, yeah, we got all this money. We can pay a big-time free agent. Also, we want to keep Aaron Jones and Corey Lindsley and Preston Smith. And it's like, okay, this all can't be true. Now, if we take it individually, the Corey Lindsley thing, I think I'm still leaning toward this is all garbage. I don't think they're planning on keeping Corey. Again, it, maybe they are, but it, it just when you look at all the available information, you got to ask, is it more likely they have every intention of keeping Corey Lindsley but haven't picked up the phone even once to even start negotiation when we are less than two weeks away from other teams making him offers? Does that make more sense? Or does it make more sense they're not planning on paying him and they just wanted to be polite while during the press conference? I'm going to lean toward being polite. If you look specifically at the Aaron Jones thing, and again, this is where, this is where a lot of quote-unquote reports get kind of stupid. Because most of the time, when somebody says something, remember, they're not going to the podium to make announcements. They're going to the podium to answer questions. And a lot of times what ha- will happen is a question will be asked, and they won't denounce it, and then it becomes a truth. So we learned that the Packers might tra- tag Aaron Jones. How do we know that? Did he go to the podium and say, just want to let you guys know we're potentially going to tag Aaron Jones? No. Instead, he was asked a question about whether or not they would consider putting a tag on Aaron Jones, and he says, we certainly could. Doesn't sound very much like they're going to, does it? Just based on that. He continues on, it's something we're working through, which is very evasive. It's not a philosophical thing to avoid. There's usually better ways to go about it. As I said, the Packers don't like doing that, and, and generally it's not a great thing to do in general. He continues on. Certainly, I think as we're getting down the road here over the next week or so, if that becomes the best interest of the Packers, I think we'll do that. Again, there's plans and contingency plans, and as things change, you know, we we would like to go down this path, but there's going to be roadblocks, right? We're going to have this guy restructure. We're going to sign this guy, cut this guy. Well, this guy doesn't want to sign. That guy won't restructure. Okay, what's plan F? Clearly, right now, they're not at the point where they want to tag Aaron Jones. They're saying maybe there's something down the line that will put us there, but it's... it. This to me sounds more like a no than anything else. So I'm going to say they're not leaning toward tagging Aaron Jones. They're saying philosophically there's a universe in which this could happen, but they probably don't even know what that that would be. And still to this day, nobody can tell me whether it's 11 million or 8 million. I'm pretty sure it's 11, but even in this article by Zach Cruz, he says it's 8 million for a franchise tag. I don't see that anywhere. Anywhere. The transition tag is eight million dollars. The franchise tag is eleven million dollars. I had somebody send me an article. I think from ESPN or NFL.com saying, "Dude, this says eight million." I, like, I, I don't know. I heard another podcast. They said eight million. Zach is saying eight million. The number's eleven. I mean, last year the tag was ten. I don't think it went down to eight. I just I don't I don't know. I cannot. And again, why did I think it was eight? Where does eight come from? Where is why is this happening? There's a number. There is a definite number for what the franchise tag for a running back is. 70% of people think it's 8 million. 30% think it's 11 million. The only source I'm able to find says it's 11. That's over the cap. I've not found a single thing that says here are the tag numbers for this year, and the number for a running back is 8 million. I just haven't seen it. I don't know. I don't even know if the numbers are official right now. So maybe there's a bunch of unofficial numbers, and there's another one that says 8, and I just don't know where that is. So I don't know. But again, it does not sound like that's the plan. So everything so far seems kind of similar, although it's just, it just, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, I've already moved on from Aaron Jones. I love Aaron Jones. He's great. I just, you know, that's just the way it goes. We're moving on. Jamal, I don't know, probably moving on because, again, as far as I know, they haven't called him. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, So Jamal and Aaron probably gone. Maybe not. I don't know. But Aaron definitely is. And Corey, I wanted him to stay, but he's gone. But then they came out and they're like, he might stay. It's like, what are you talking about? Why are you doing this to me? The quote on Corey Lindsley, at least in part, um, was, there's nothing more we would like to have than Corey back. Now, again, this is one of those things where it's like, either he means it or he's flat out lying. Usually they say things where there's there's outs. He flat out said, there's nothing we would like more than to have Corey back. I mean, that that's that's a, that's a definitive statement. That means that's your top priority, which, again... You're telling me you haven't picked up the phone and even worked toward your top priority? He goes on to say, at the level of compensation he's at, he's currently earned that. In other words, we're not even asking for a discount. This is what he's worth. This is what we want to pay him. He's earned it. We're we're he said we'd never close the door on something with Corey Lindsley. You I mean, are you waiting for him to to initiate something or what? How does what is happening? And and again, I don't know. For sure that they haven't called. I don't know. That's that's the word on the street. And I believe Corey even confirmed that, which is why I'm going to continue to say it, because it's just it's one of those things. So, I mean, I, I'm hoping. And in fact, I didn't even get through it. I kind of I, I got to get going. But it just popped up. Aaron Nagler had a interview with Corey Lindsley. I got through about a minute and a half of it. It's very clear. Corey still expects there's no way he's coming back. I, again, go listen to it. That's my interpretation, listening to Corey Lindsley, and everybody's got this you know, kind of coachy-speak thing. But just listening to a minute and a half of it, he, he basically said, that's very nice of them to say that, but me and my agent understand the situation. And we understand that COVID had put us in a tough spot, and we get all that, and it just, he has no expectation of coming back. Let me put it this way, if they make him an offer, Corey's going to be shocked. That's the point. And Corey's agent is clearly telling him, don't expect to be back. So, and again, that's weird because it's, it's unusual to just flat out lie. You know what I mean? Like to just say like, he's our top priority. And again, it, it could technically be, I mean, those aren't the words he used. You could technically call it coach speak, but that's, that's some kind of iffy coach speak when you're just flat out lying, saying that there's nothing we would rather have than Corey Lindsley. I mean, obviously you're out is, I just left out the part where we, there's nothing I would love more than to have Corey if things were different, you know, but Still, I mean, if you cut that out, it's a different sentence and you're kind of just flat out lying. Not to be the morality police or anything, but it's just weird. I mean, usually you just don't do that. And that's the reason it's usually easy to read between the lines because people say as much as they can without lying, which leaves a whole lot out there to be interpreted. But if you say a sentence that is Corey Lindsley, there's nothing we would rather have than Corey Lindsley. I mean, that that certainly, if it wasn't for Corey flat out telling us I'm not going to be back, I would assume that they're making offers like crazy. That's why those tea leaves, man, they get a little slippery, but, um, already way over time, there's one final thing that needs to be discussed. And, um, it is the thing that is the, I don't want to say the biggest shock because who knows what's actually going on but uh, via Mr. Schneidman Gudekunst on offensive or offensive outside linebacker Preston Smith, who the Packers could cut to free up $8 million in cap space after the 2020 season. That wasn't nearly as good as his 2019 quote. We certainly expect him to be back. Now, again, given everything they just said about Corey, are there outs here? Yes. I mean, he never directly said we want him back or we're trying to get him back. He said we expect him back. That could be as simple as, you know, we're going to make concessions or expect him to make concessions. And uh, l- let me put it this way. He's under contract. What does we expect him back mean? He's not voluntarily going to go anywhere. You could just say he's going to be back. You said we expect him to be back. It is it is a different sentence. And again, the, the other thing you got to keep in mind is, although there's probably some preparation, they're getting hit with these things. And, and it's, you know, I think we overexpect them to have too many masterful answers, you know? I'm sure there are times they go back and say, I wish I hadn't phrased it that way. I shouldn't have said it that way, right? It's just, it's off the top of your head. It's like, you you know, you ever go to a job interview before? Sometimes you just crush those things. And sometimes you're saying stuff and it's like, what even was that sentence? I don't even know what that was. There's no way I'm getting this job. I sound like a mumbling, bumbling idiot. Did I just use cheese curds in a sentence in a job interview? Oh, I'm not getting this job. So, so again, it's kind of like, all right, let's say, let's say the plan is to cut Preston Smith? Like, we're, we're definitely doing it. Or, you know, let's, let's just start there. What is your answer to what are you going to do about Preston Smith? Because again, remember, he is under contract. So, I mean, if everybody just does nothing, he's just playing. So even if your answer is we'll see, that means that you're considering cutting him. In fact, it sounds like you're definitely cutting him because you don't even have to make a decision to keep him. You have to make a decision to cut him. So it is hard. What 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 is the best sentence so that you're not lying to me? But I don't think you're cutting him. And Preston doesn't think he's about to be cut. And and again, maybe it's not 100%. Now, the only real out that I have here is if you look a little bit further down, when asked about whether or not they asked Aaron Rodgers whether he would restructure, he says the team has approached multiple players about moves like that to help the cap. In other words, restructuring. Now, he didn't say they mentioned Aaron Rodgers. He actually completely evaded Aaron Rodgers. Did you ask Aaron Rodgers to restructure? We asked many players to restructure. That's a great evasive answer. It's possible Preston is one of those guys. Now, you can't really restructure a guy in the final year of his deal. Maybe they asked him to just flat out take a pay cut. In other words, you're not worth $16 million. I'm very sorry to tell you that. Also, not super interested in extending you. (laughs) So we got to figure something out here, bud. And and technically, you know, if you offer, like, for example, Jordy Nelson. Now, that's a different situation because he was a free agent, but they they offered him, technically they offered him a contract, but it was basically so insulting there was no way he was going to accept it. And the Packers knew that. So it's possible they're offering Preston something completely unreasonable with no expectation of him accepting it. And then you can kind of throw out a line like, well, we expect him to be back. He's under contract. Right. It's I mean, it's entirely possible. The whole thing just means nothing. Right. It's 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 a I don't want to answer this because you're asking me to basically flat out say I don't want Preston here and I don't want to say that, but I can't say we're keeping him. So I, um, we expect him to be back. He's under contract. You know, I mean, he's he's a he's a packer in 2021, according to the contract that uh, was signed by him and us. OK, that's that's information. But what's going to happen? Are you planning on cutting him? We, 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 he's under contract. We have a piece of paper signed. It's law. It's legal. What do you want me to do? It's it's a legal document. Get me out of here. So so again, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it was as binding as we make it to be. I, again, the most certain statement he made was that their top priority is Corey Lindsley, and, and it sounds like he's not coming back. So I'm not saying they're keeping him, but I do think we need to kind of brace for impact on Preston sticking around. I can't stomach the idea of paying $16 million for Preston Smith. It's hard to fathom that. Not that paying eight million dollars for him to go away is great, but I would prefer it. No disrespect to Preston. Well, what am I talking about? Of course it's disrespectful to Preston, but you know, I'm sure he's a great guy and all that. But it's just it just from a from a business standpoint, I just don't see it. Right? Like Corey was saying, look, I understand the business side of it, it's just one of those things. It happens. Preston, super glad all the stuff you did for us and all that, but dude, no. So I, I, we'll see. I mean, he's he's not cut yet, but again, a lot of guys are about to be cut that haven't been cut. At some point, there's going to be a flurry, an absolute flurry, and we're kind of getting little bits and pieces, right? J.J. went, and that was a big shoe to drop. And, and a lot of teams that are looking at him, they can't do much until they know whether or not they're going to have a bunch of money tied up in J.J. Now that that's off the table, we kind of move on to plans B, C, and D. And for some teams, it's like, all right, well, we know... For example, we work out a deal with David Johnson, or we know we can cut our tight end Kyle Rudolph. Whatever. All right? That's the next step. So then we just go ahead and do that. But um and, and it could happen any day. It could be today. It could be the the massive flurry happens today. Um, but the Packers have not done much. And at some point they gotta start doing something. I mean, if they're gonna do something with Aaron Rodgers' contract, they gotta get moving. If they're gonna do something with Zedarius' contract, they gotta get moving. If they're gonna, well, I guess they don't have to hurry with Devonte. But if they want to free up money for free agency, they're gonna have to do it. Preston, if they're cutting them, they gotta cut them. Amos, are you doing something with that contract or not? Billy, probably not. Maybe I don't know. Is Dean getting cut? Is Jair getting paid? Is Funches getting cut? I mean, again, there's just there's just a lot hanging out there. So we're still eleven million dollars in the hole. So you know, if they're talking about possibly getting some big name free agents, well, you better get moving. By the way, there is less than a week that these franchise and transition tags can be applied. And by March 17th, by the way, it's not just free agency period. You got to get your financials right. It's the new league year. Teams have to be in compliance with the salary cap no later than the first day of the new league year. So the Packers have less than two weeks to free up $11 million at least. And again, maybe part of the delay is they're, they're still working through trying to get guys to restructure. Like I said, they've reached out to many people. Apparently. Either they're still in the works on, on fine, fine-tuning the details or guys are saying no and they're trying to figure out what to do about that. I don't know, but I do know that I got to get going. So you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk with you tomorrow. Have a good one and bye-bye.